it has been a while since our last episode. I have been busy with a number of projects and the days have been flying by. I've recently begun to be hired out for some house remodeling and repair projects, like ripping out and installing flooring, landscaping, retaining walls, and lots of other handyman things. And I love it. And on top of that, my wife and I just went under contract this week on our first fixer-upper house. You know, there is something about walking into an old, empty house that is vacant, dilapidated, in complete disrepair, and in many ways just a shell of what it was made to be, and being able to see the potential. And with creativity and lots of hard work, you can metaphorically raise an old house from the ashes and turn it into something brand new. You know, in essence, that is what Christ has done for believers. We have been raised from the ashes of our empty former self and been built up in Christ into a brand new creation filled with his glory and grace. And how is it possible that we can be saved from our old life of disrepair and raised up into a brand new life? Because Christ himself was raised from the dead. So let's go back to the text in 1 Peter 1, verses 20 and 21. It says, He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. And remember, we're right in the middle of a two-verse passage that describes four truths about Christ. First, Jesus was foreknown before the foundation of the world, that he would come to die for the sins of humankind, that he would be the only possible way of salvation. That was the plan before Adam and Eve were even created. Second, that he was made manifest on earth for our sake. So this plan was put into motion when Jesus left his throne in heaven and broke into our story on earth. He gladly chose to lay down his life for us on the cross at just the right time. And then the third truth occurs three days after his death when he was raised from the dead. So the linchpin of all four truths we see about Christ in these verses is this one. It's the game changer. It's what changes the house from a condemned shell into a luxury dwelling. Jesus didn't stay dead. He defeated death and is alive. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is the seminal passage on the resurrection of Christ. The whole chapter provides a summary of Christ's resurrection and its theological implications. And the main point of the whole thing is to drive home the significance of Christ being raised from the dead. And the climax comes in verses 17 through 20 where Paul says, If Christ had not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. And then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Why is the resurrection so important? Because if Christ hadn't been raised from the dead, then everything we believe is a lie. And it's meaningless. And when we die, there's no hope of eternal life. We simply are just gone. Game over. We're done. That's it. And so understanding that bleak reality without Christ's resurrection 
should cause us to rejoice with elation over the truth that Christ is raised from the dead. It should be the centerpiece of every message that is preached in our churches. It should be the driving force behind every lyric we sing in our praises. It should be the shadow of hope that covers our entire life. The resurrection confirms that Jesus is who he claimed to be. So let's consider the fourfold magnitude of this event. First, the resurrection proved that Christ was divine. The fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross doesn't prove in and of itself that he is God. Just about anyone could be killed by a Roman mob on the cross. What proved his divine nature, on top of fulfilling all the very specific predictions about his death, was primarily his return from the grave. Romans 1.4 says Jesus Christ was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. Second, the resurrection proved Christ's power to forgive sin. Did you catch that when I read 1 Corinthians 15.17? It said, if Christ had not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. That little phrase, still in your sins, is terrifying to consider. However, by raising from the dead, Jesus proved his authority and power to break us out of our sins and to usher in forgiveness and eternal life. It's a hope that will never disappoint or fade away. And number three, the resurrection revealed Christ's power over death. Romans 6, 9 declares that we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has power over him. And what's more is that it accomplished the same for us as well. Ephesians 2, 6 says that we are saved and lifted up from the grave into glory along with Christ. And then finally, number four, the resurrection defeated God's enemy. From the moment Satan rebelled against God and left heaven to the day that Jesus died on the cross, the devil had been waging an all-out war to overthrow the kingdom. And at the crucifixion, Satan must have thought that he had dealt the final and decisive blow. But when Jesus walked out of that tomb, the power of sin and death and Satan was forever shattered. Because of the resurrection, Christians don't have to fear Satan or death again. This is why 1 Corinthians 15 concludes its whole chapter on the resurrection with this thought. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so the resurrection proved that Christ was divine, that he has power to forgive sins. It revealed Christ's power over death and it shows us that God's enemy, Satan, and sin itself is defeated. Listen to this quote from Billy Graham. There is hope that mistakes and sins can be forgiven. There is hope that we can have joy, peace, assurance, and security in the midst of the despair of this age. There is hope that Christ is coming soon. This is what is called in scripture the blessed hope. There is hope that there will come someday a new heaven and a new earth and that the kingdom of God will reign and triumph. 
our hope is not in our own ability or in our own goodness or in our physical strength. Our hope is instilled in us by the resurrection of Christ. And so if you don't believe in Jesus, if he isn't your Savior and your moment-by-moment Lord, it's not because you lack sufficient evidence that he is true and glorious and beautiful and that his word is right. It's because you love something more. Your hope has been laid on something else. And so consider this. This cross is a -a one-of-a-kind death. And this empty tomb is a -a one-of-a-kind resurrection. And it's been carried out by a -a one-of-a-kind person and God who is more beautiful and more valuable than anything else you could possibly possess. And he offers it freely to everyone. In John 11, verses 25 and 26, Jesus himself says this, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And so today, meditate on the resurrection and how it changes not just the final destination of your faith, but every step of the journey along the way. And praise God for this great sacrifice and gift. And next time, we'll conclude these four truths about Christ by trying to answer this question. What is the glory of Jesus? So until then, let's pray. Jesus, you came to die for us so that we might live. And so now help us, we pray, to live for you. May our lives reflect your love every day. We thank you with humble and grateful hearts for the cross and for the power of your resurrection. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.